We're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 together this week, day 3 today, verses 13 to 15. We've been talking about how do you survive a loss of heart. And in day 1, we talked about your attitude towards ministry. That when you begin to see that all ministry towards others, towards a church, towards a school, towards your work, towards your family, all ministry is a result of God's mercy. You didn't earn the ability to do that ministry. God has not burdened you with that ministry. It is a glorious gift that comes from God's mercy in your life. When you begin to have that attitude, it begins to, it begins to give you a new heart for ministry. It helps you to survive a loss of heart. We talked yesterday about the attitude that you have towards yourself. You're a clay pot, but you're a clay pot to show that the power is from God and not from you. God has a purpose in it. So don't worry about the fact that you're not perfect. Don't worry about the fact that you struggle or go through struggles. God's showing his glory through it all. Now today we talk about a third attitude and that is your attitude towards God. And as we walk through these verses 13 to 15 today, we wanna focus on two key words in these verses, the word no and the word overflow. These two words in these verses are actually a description of the Christian life, the life that God wants us to live. No and overflow. First, the word no. You see that word talked about in verses 13 to 14. Paul says, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. And Paul starts out in these verses saying, we believe, and out of that belief, we speak. He goes back to the Old Testament, and he talks about this verse, I believe, therefore I have spoken. And Paul says, that's us. That's how I do it. First comes the faith, and then comes the words. That's how it happens in my life. This is from Psalm 116, verse 10. It's a psalm about someone who is being afflicted, and they don't know why they're being afflicted. They don't know why they're going through what they're going through. <laughs> you know anybody like that? Maybe you're going through that, through that in your life right now. And yet, in the midst of that, they still trusted in God's deliverance even before it came. I believed and therefore I have spoken and looked forward to what God's gonna do. Paul declared that he was afflicted in his life. But in that affliction, it was not doubt that came out of the affliction. It wasn't fear that came out of the affliction. It was belief, it was faith that he chose. He had a choice. And because Paul knew God, because he trusted him, he was able to make that choice to believe. Notice what he says. We believe and therefore speak. Why? Why am I able to have that choice in difficult times in life? Because Paul says, I know where things are headed. I know that this affliction, this trouble, this problem I'm going through, it is not the end of the story. It's not where things are headed at all. All eternity, where is it headed? It's headed for verse 14. The one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus. Paul says, I know this. Now, the word know there doesn't mean an intellectual understanding. It means a depth of the heart, relational kind of understanding, deeply convinced that this was true. Paul knew it because Jesus was resurrected from the dead and because the resurrection promise wasn't just for Jesus, but was also given to us. So based on the power of the resurrection, Paul knew what was gonna happen in his life. And that's what he was holding on to. And out of that, he's able to have faith in tough times. Paul knew that the resurrection lay on the other side of whatever he faced, and therefore he spoke with faith. He was able to take his problems to God, trust his problems to God, because he knew the truth of the resurrection. So the question is, do you know this? Verse 14, do you know 
that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will raise you with Jesus? And by the way, Paul says he's going to present us with you in his presence, talking to those in Corinth. You're going to be there too, he says. Because we know the one who raised Jesus, we will one day be with Jesus. Because we know that Jesus was raised, we know that we will one day be raised. Because we know that we're going to be with Jesus, we know that those who have come to Christ who are our friends or family are also going to be with Jesus. It all starts with the power of the resurrection. We count all of human history. We, every time you write down a date, it looks back to the life of Christ, the truth that Jesus lived and died and was resurrected in this world. If you want to live the effective Christian life, it begins with this word, no. But it doesn't end with that word. Once you have that word in your life, I know this, then a second word comes into your life, the word in verse 15. Paul says, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. First you know, and then you overflow. First you know that the resurrection power of Jesus means you're gonna be resurrected with him, and out of this, you overflow to the glory of God. And he says specifically, you overflow with what? With thanksgiving to the glory of God. That was Paul's ultimate goal. His ultimate goal was thanksgiving overflowing to the glory of God. If you want to serve effectively as a servant, if you want to serve without losing heart, you have to ask yourself from time to time, what's my goal? Not my short-term goal. What's my ultimate goal? What goal is going to satisfy you as a servant? Measurable success of some kind? It doesn't satisfy. It's nice to have it. It's a great thing because you didn't see God working, but it doesn't satisfy. Personal recognition? Feelings of fulfillment, none of those satisfy. Maybe for a moment they do, but they don't last. The ultimate goal, Paul says, is overflowing praise to the glory of God. That when I serve him as a clay pot, let his glory shine through my life. That in some way, other people see it. Grace is brought into their life, and they're going to thank God forever for the way that grace was shown into their lives. That's how you survive a loss of heart. Now, how's your heart been lately? If you don't lose heart from time to time, you're simply not human. We all lose heart from time to time. We get tired. We get discouraged. We feel unappreciated. Paul has talked to us these last couple days. He's got some more things to say to us in the last few verses of this chapter. But he's talked to us as a beginning point these last couple days about three important things to protect your heart, three important things to renew your heart when you have a loss of heart a new attitude toward ministry, a new attitude toward yourself, a new attitude towards God. Let's pray together for that attitude in our hearts. Jesus, help me to have that kind of attitude towards ministry, that it's a gift from you. Because of your mercy, nothing more. Help me to stop trying to earn the right to minister. Instead, help me to accept it as a gift in my life. And Jesus, help me to have this new attitude toward myself that I am a jar of clay and be okay with that because it's about your glory. It's about what's in the jar, not the jar. And Jesus, help me to have this new attitude toward God, to know, to know with a certain conviction that because of the resurrection of Jesus, I one day will be raised with you. One day will enjoy eternity with you to know that that's not only true for me, but also all who have accepted that same truth, and then to overflow 
to realize that as I live that kind of life, there's going to be grace that overflows to your glory for thanksgiving for eternity. Jesus, I need faith to live there. So would you give me the faith to, in the attitude of my heart, live in that place today? I know I'll be tempted to worry. I know I'll be tempted to focus on myself. I know I will. When I'm tempted, Lord, help me to come back to this place, I pray. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.